Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today, our guest is a real kind of leader in the social sector, somebody who's already done, you know, quite a bit in her career and is really, you know, I think you'll come to understand she has a real commitment to service to the community, to the greater good. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to dig into, you know, the social, you know, work that is done at an organization in Southern California, Jody House. Today, we have the executive director of Jody House with us, uh, Lindsay Black. Lindsay comes to this work, actually has a really interesting background that kind of led her into this work. And it, it, it's kind of spread across the country, <laughs> you know, really from New York back to, to California and a few other stops in between. So welcome to the Brain Mastery podcast. Is there anything you wanted to add uh, to your bio? No, thank you, Mark. Thanks for the introduction. You're making me sound far more dynamic than I am. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, but you know, we, um, it's interesting how we, we came to know each other and maybe we'll, we'll dig a little bit into that a little bit later as we kind of walk through the, the journey of, of some of the work that you're doing for the people that are listening here. These could be people that are just interested in, in the brain or interested in social impact, I guess. And you know, for people that are out there listening, you're someone who's worked kind of in the private sector, but also has worked in the in the social and not-for-profit sector. You know, for people that are listening, and you're somebody who's who's actually, you know, spearheading a lot of really good social work. What's a main message that you'd want people to sort of better understand about this kind of work? Well, you know, brain injury is such a challenging disability. I often hear it said that if you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. You know, everyone's needs and challenges look very different. I often hear a lot of our Jody House members, uh, survivors themselves, share that it's like living with an invisible disability. And I think that that's a really important message to get out there. So many of our friends, you know, for me, a family member, were directly impacted by brain injury. And unfortunately, although things have been altered and shifted for them, others may not recognize that given that their disability is maybe invisible to the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is something that, you know, you do hear a lot is that it's one of those things that you can't judge a book by its cover, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are suffering the impacts of brain injury very silently. And, you know, in your mind, what are some things that people could could better do to better understand how to approach, you know, individuals that may seem fine, but actually could be struggling? Like what's kind of an approach that one might want to consider taking to be a little bit more compassionate towards the people in our community? Uh, You know, a lot of our work, it was initially so much of a groundswell, like a local grassroots movement in the Santa Barbara, California community. And what it became was much, much more. And I think that the success that the founders of our organization had 
in reaching members of the community and helping and to educate and bring awareness to brain injury was that they really put a name and a face to brain injury. Instead of saying, look, here's this special population or these people with disabilities, Jody Wussman, um, our namesake was a 19-year-old college student when she was tragically hit by a drunk driver crossing the street. And she suffered very, very severe injuries, including a traumatic brain injury. And her family was so desperate for support after her injury, she needed some significant medical care. But what they also saw was that Jody was sinking deeper and deeper into isolation and depression. And her parents said, what can we do? Mm. And so initially, you know, the mission of Jody House, what it still is today is helping ensure that brain injury survivors thrive as they reintegrate into our community, that they have those social supports needed to achieve their greatest outcomes. And they came together, Jody's family did, with other family members of adolescents, teens, young adults who had also experienced brain injuries. And the idea was, let's help them socialize with one another again. Let's help them feel tied to our community. So to your question about what can people do? I think it's approach fellow community members with empathy, learn and educate themselves a little bit more about brain injury, and also offer the, the social supports that I think are really necessary to ensure that brain injury survivors are able to make the greatest recovery possible, which looks very different for each person. Oh, that's great. And then that's something that really struck me about Jody House's approach was really, it's truly interdisciplinary. You know, it's not kind of one size fits all. It's this is what the community needs. And this is what here's what Jody House wants to provide to connect and meet the need of people in the community that could use some support and community. Right. And I think that's something that is really quite unique about Jody House. And maybe talk a little bit more to that, because you're so right. Like it could be people that are struggling, you know, post stroke and rehabilitation. It could be you know, an individual that's had a traumatic brain injury concussion due to a sport injury, it could be, you know, someone who had a severe traumatic brain injury and, and life has been really negatively impacted for 20 years. Maybe help us to understand a little bit more how that works. Because I think for some people, it can be hard to wrap your head around, hold on, you could work with that wide a range of population. In one place? Right. How does that work? Well, that was my question when I was introduced to the organization. (laughs) Exactly. And let me share a little bit more about our programs too, because I think that'll help folks understand how we we meet individual needs in more of a group setting. You know, I think central to our model has always been this notion of peer support, that those with that lived experience can support one another in a way that maybe others can't or can help bring their family and friends along in the process to better understand what the survivor may be going through. So what we offer at Jody House is a day program that consists of a series of classes each day in what feels like a very residential setting. So you come Mm. in the door and I often say, it feels like you're just given a big hug. We have a a warm library. We have a nice living room setting. Mm. And in addition to classes that really run the gamut from yoga to mindfulness meditation to healthy cooking, budgeting and planning. We have support groups. We have current events. Um, You know, all of these classes are really looking 
to help and provide interventions, whatever the survivor's challenges or deficits may be. And when I first came to Jody House, I thought, okay, well, I imagine for those survivors that are maybe trying to overcome some of their mobility issues, they'll probably stick around for a few classes that are really focused on mobility. So let's say in the morning, we're offering a posture and stability course. They'll probably be around, but when it comes time to do more of the cognitive training, maybe our brain workout, they may trickle out. Well, that's not the case at all. It's really interesting. The people who come and show up for classes in the morning tend to stay the entire day. And something that really moved me when I first started observing the program was that I saw members supporting one another being very mindful of the unique challenges that one another were faced with. So for example, if there's a music class happening and one member is not in a position to be able to to turn the sheet music, the pages, you see another assisting that way. And it's really magical to see how it all comes together. But, you know, the idea is that if we can help affect the cognitive, the physical and the social and emotional wellness of the survivor, that that's really going to help support them on their journey. Great. No, that's, that's great. And is there like, you know, being in this work, and I know you're still relatively new to the organization, but are there stories uh, that, that you'd want to share for the listeners that, that might inspire hope from a community perspective that, so, you know, if there's people listening right now saying, you know, I have a loved one who's had this injury for a long time, you know, there's not a lot of hope right now, you know, maybe there's one or two stories that could really resonate and help them to get some of that hope, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I came to Jody House about three and a half years ago now, and I will never forget, I had been in this role for about a year at the time, and um, I was expecting my first child. And I was working with a member, uh, we'll call her Liz, and she had completed some of our pre-vocational training programs. Liz was really focused on getting back to work. And when we sat down to do a mock interview, I asked her uh, about the nature of her injury and what had happened, and she shared with me that she had been pushing her newborn daughter in a stroller and was standing on a sidewalk getting ready to cross the street to take her daughter to the park, and somebody careened onto the sidewalk, struck Liz, struck her daughter. Her daughter was injured. Thankfully, she's made a recovery, but Liz was left with a very severe brain injury, And a single mother, um, she really had to rely upon her parents. She moved back in with her father and for the first couple of years was just trying to get back on her feet. And I just, you know, this resonated so closely for me because I think the challenges of being a new parent compounded with, you know, trying to navigate the working world and also now a brain injury just it's, it's, it takes a lot of empathy and compassion, I think, to understand what people are going through when you can't visibly see it. You know, Liz Mm -hmm. is one of those whose injuries are on the Mm -hmm. inside. She carries those on the inside. So it was really incredible to see how after five years, as her daughter was transitioning to childcare, to kindergarten, she was ready to start re-entering the world of work and was so brave to put herself out there. I mean, who wants to do a mock job interview? Most people don't even want to do a job interview. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And here she is and she's trying and she's showing up and she's just 
you know, she's got the drive and she's taking the initiative. And I think it's important for people to understand that most people do not want to be sitting at home with a disability. They want to be out there in their community. You know, I think as human beings, we all crave connection. So what we're trying to do is support members like Liz in their individual journeys. Maybe it won't be gainful employment. It could be a meaningful volunteer opportunity, but it's just helping to reconnect people to the community that they may have lost. No, I love that. I really love that. And that's something that I see, you know, one of our kind of co-founders, Howard Eaton, came and visited you there mm-hmm. in Santa Barbara. And, you know, something that really, um, you know, struck him was this community-based approach right in the community and even the setting, right? Which is mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a residential, like a house setting, right? It's pretty awesome. And that's a great story of how, when you think about connections and how really listening to what the community may need is going to be able to, to, to just be consistent and to be there to support and having the community really know that and having, you know, those relationships with places like Cottage Hospital so that we can better understand how to work together because it really does take that team working together and a lot of, you know, communication so that these organizations can really support each other and ultimately support the residents that they serve. Well, and that's where providers like you all come in as well. When I look at the continuum of care for a brain injury survivor, you've got this amazing life-saving work that medical professionals are stepping in to complete in the immediacy of their accident. And it's wonderful for those who are able to benefit from, you know, a rehabilitation hospital, but then what awaits them on the other side is really, I think, where we try to step in and create a helpful intervention. And I know that through your work, you're doing something similar at at an intervention point that's really critical for those who are looking to recover to the fullest extent possible. And so that was initially what really captured my interest in the work as Howard shared about it when he was Mm -hmm. able to visit Jody house. Yeah, no, it, it really was. It's, you know, we feel fortunate to be able to work with organizations like yours that are already doing great things. And we just see us as one puzzle piece, right. That, that can be useful to help people to restore some of their old positive habits be by exhausting the brain's potential to heal and improve by harnessing the power of aerobic exercise, of mindfulness meditation, of tracking reliably quality of life, which you were already doing, but we just, we have a system that maybe helps to integrate some of that a little bit better. And then obviously, you know, some of the cognitive training and then putting that in a way that's community focused that can help people to engage in these kinds of things. And I think that that's really exciting when you think about all the stuff you're already doing. If that can almost be a cherry on top, then that's cool. Absolutely. And it was interesting learning about your pillared approach because those were all elements that we had seen be very successful in our work and what we you know, consider to be a comprehensive set of services. So there was good alignment there as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, when you think about this work and now that you've been in it a while here, but also you have, you know, good experience uh, just in the world and a good worldview, you know, when you think about the world, I'll, I'll just, let's just say social impact, but also brain injury work. If there was one thing that you could change, what might that be? 
you know, it's interesting just applying my experience in both the private sector and working for a global NGO. There's strong emphasis on numbers, but I think not always as much attention to detail about how an intervention may be looking to affect systemic change. I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a millennial, uh, labeled millennial, saying, <laughs> look, our parents used to go do cleanups at the beach along the rivers. Like we're on our computers. We're trying to figure out why is that river polluted? And it got me thinking, it's like, Mm. you know, we are in this age where this information is available to us. We have such agency, even from afar geographically. And so I think about our program in comparison to other interventions and people may say, well, how many survivors are you serving a year? And I can give them a number, but that doesn't fully convey the type of lifetime change and intervention that we're providing here. And this idea that this person, the survivor who's able to benefit from this program is going to go out into the community. And not only is their life better, the life of their family is better. Mm. Uh, The life of their friends, their entire community is going to be better because again, we're supporting them and getting back on their feet back into the community and being, you know, the productive members of society that they, they want to be, that they miss being. I love that. That was so well said, you know, maybe could we spend just a little bit of time again, on the concept, I love what you said about, you know, going and cleaning up beaches, you know, just doing it, like taking that step versus analyzing <laughs> what's, you know, why this is, might be happening, you know, maybe spend a little bit more in context, like in terms of the work, because I think that's a really interesting, insightful perspective. Yeah, it's interesting as it applies to brain injury. You know, I was working with a survivor who's become more of an ambassador for Jody House. She's in the process of actually pursuing her PhD. Her injury is 20 years. I don't want to say behind her because it's something she lives with each and every day. But something she was trying to impart upon me was, Lindsay, when you're in the aftermath of an injury, there's so much focus on the day-to-day. Like the best way that you're, the medical professionals, your friends, your family know how to support you is to help you get through each day. There's not a lot of attention to instilling in you this idea that you could achieve long range goals and Mm. long-term aspirations. And she said it was, you know, 12 to 15 years before I even really believed that I could enter into something like a PhD program and achieve this long-term outcome. So it's, it's interesting to think about that in relation to the example we were talking about, because the, the cause and effect, and just this idea that survivors are very capable of going on to live meaningful lives, but they need to be supported in ways beyond just the immediacy of getting through the day-to-day kind of the, the band-aid or stop gap measure, you know, what are the mm-hmm. tools we can set them up with to help them be successful in yeah. the long term? No, I love that. And I think that for those that are listening here, really listen to that message. That's part of what led us to starting this collaboration was on the, the cognitive programming side, one step that can be taken or an option that can be available is this kind of ABI type programming. And because it can further enhance some of those options and maybe expedite it a little bit quicker for someone like you mentioned, you know, it's amazing what, what she's done and obviously clearly extremely resilient individual, but it can be hard, I think, to develop your plan of attack in terms of how you're going to restore some of your abilities and, and really get back on track. And that's what we've tried to do is, you know, looked at what does the research say? What's a way to blend things? 
And what's a way to make it easy for people to engage in a systems-based approach that can help people to, you know, restore some of what had been lost and exhaust kind of some of the, the brain's potential to improve, right? So Absolutely. And we know that's possible. And it's interesting too, with ABI's program, I think within our community, people understand that Jody House is really there to support people in their social and community reintegration goals and really to be there as an ongoing support system for them, for their friends, for their caregivers and family. But what was really interesting about ABI's approach for me was, wow, this is, you know, this is something that's highly structured, is really evidence-based in its outcomes, and offers us an opportunity, I think, to outreach to survivors who maybe wouldn't readily identify with wanting maybe the social or community reintegration aspect right after their injury. You know, are plenty that we speak with who say, you know, maybe in some time, but I I really want to focus on re-entering work, or I really want to focus on helping my brain recover as best it can in this immediacy and this window right after my injury. So I think there's this opportunity to, you know, affect an even greater population of brain injury survivors in our community to be able to offer something like this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the challenges of the pandemic are very real too, right? So, you know, I really, I I admire, you know, I've met some of the board members of, of Jody House and there's a really committed group of people, you know, in the Santa Barbara area uh, really committed to to being there and to looking at how to provide the best outcomes possible and the best access possible. And I just, I respect the work that you're doing. I admire you and your approach to this work. I mean, you're an individual who just, you know, I remember we were talking, right, about, about this, some of this work and you're just like, okay, well, why don't I just hop a plane and come learn more about what you're doing, right? <laughs> While you're very pregnant. And, uh, you know, just again, that really speaks to your kind of your leadership and your, your vision. So just again, thank you. Thank you. I mean, we're very fortunate to be able to partner with such a renowned organization and think through, you know, and what's something that's been really wonderful about our partnership and collaboration with you all is the thoughtfulness and attention to detail about how programming can be applied for the greatest successful outcome for the individual survivor. So, you know, there's still the program, but then there's also, again, the attention to detail as it relates to the individual and their unique set of challenges or needs as they navigate through the program. Right. No, for sure. For sure. You know, when we think about your influences in this work, you know, what, what are some of the top either books or articles or people that have helped to influence you in this work. I'm always curious to learn more about what was that huge influence that helped to shape some of your approach. And I think it's been something that, you know, many of us have really learned a ton about from other people, you know, sharing those experiences. Absolutely. For me, I think my connection to this work, or I know my connection to this work has been very personal. My father in 2005 actually experienced a really serious bout of encephalitis. And I'll never forget, I was, you know, it was the holidays and I was driving home to visit from college and he was on the phone with me and it was, you know, something that stroke survivors may know as like word salad. And I could sense Mm -hmm. he was trying to get certain words and messages out and they weren't being conveyed and he was frustrated. And I thought just, you know, being on the phone that he suffered a stroke It ended up, you know, he was able to get himself to the hospital, but 
Um, I, I know, you know, knowing my dad that he suffered some long-term cognitive issues as a result. And I don't think he ever wanted to admit them to us as his family, let alone right. to himself. There was a lot of pride there. And I think admitting that there was some long-term deficits or an injury that persisted really was kind of a blow. I, w- I want to say that his ego may have been the way that he looked at it. And so when I saw the opportunity to do this work and help people who were courageous and coming forward and saying, okay, I'm acknowledging that I'm experiencing some long-term effects of this. I thought this is really an amazing time to bring people in, help them feel connected to one another, help them realize they're not alone. And I wish that something like Jody House could have existed where I grew up in Orange County, California, but there's nothing like that. And we hear that all the time. We have visitors from all over the country who say there's just nothing like this specific to brain injury in our community. And so, you know, our, our vision for the future, I think what the pandemic has showed us is that there's this huge opportunity to reach people online as well. And so that's something we've started doing. Our classes are available virtually each day. We've added survivors in counties all across the state Love and it. also outside of the state. And so I think that that's really the future, especially when you know, you're working with people who face often face challenges to participation, in-person participation, whether it's transportation or geography or just the, the lack of a Absolutely resource. love it. What a story. And thank you for your vulnerability and sharing that story. I think that's something that really inspires me in the network of people that I'm fortunate enough to know is that purpose and that commitment to service and to making things better. And we can't, you know, necessarily go backwards, unfortunately, sometimes, but we can go forward with a better, a better way, a better process. And, you know, something that I've shared before, but I want to share it again to honor you is that so many people that we've been fortunate enough to serve and to work with, you know, one of them is someone that came to us came to our work and to me after I was speaking and you know me, I, 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 I'll do what I can to try to help in the community. And sometimes people would ask me to speak and present, you know, some of our findings and research. And I remember I'm up speaking about some of the case studies at a local community event. And this woman comes up to me and she looked, you know, fine. So perfectly healthy. And she's like, hi, my name's Anita. You know, uh, I really am inspired by some of the work that you're doing. And I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, I'm thinking, do you have a loved one who might have some challenges? And when we think about this hidden injury, right? And it turns out she had a glioblastoma tumor uh, that had never really found remission. And uh, she was about eight years into this journey and her cognition was really impacted. And, you know, she wanted to, to get involved and to do some of the work and and I didn't know, of course, because it was my first time really working with somebody with active kind of brain cancer. And so I got to know her neuro-oncologist and her nurse, and, and she ended up doing the work. And, and she remains a huge inspiration to me. And we lost her last summer. The world mm-hmm. lost a really great individual there, but an innovator. And, and, and what she was saying to me and coaching me, Mark, what you're doing is significant. What you're doing is making a difference for people. What you're doing is so incredibly needed. And even towards the end, you know, she had a walker and she would come in, but she was still engaging in the aerobic. She was still engaging in the mindfulness. She was still tracking her quality of life. And I wonder in my head, what an amazing, if she hadn't had this program, what would have happened, Mm -hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. And that's what she kept pushing me on. And she's a huge teacher of mine and remains a huge teacher of mine. You know, whenever I was, you know, too busy and running around, she'd be like, hey, Mark, how are things going? How are you doing? You know, we're making a difference here. And it was always we and us. And again, I think about that, you know, sadly, you know, we did lose her. However, uh, her legacy lives on. And, you know, so that's part of the fire that's inside of me. Is there's been so many of those sorts of cases that have really inspired me and taught me that we have to keep finding ways to bring this puzzle piece to places that really are in need of it. Because the alternative, unfortunately, is not very good yet. But day by day, if we can get kind of the access to care 1% better every day, that's a pretty good thing. Absolutely. And I think so much of that is getting the message out and broadening awareness and understanding of what is brain injury. Because I think when people educate themselves and understand that a severe concussion is a brain injury. You know, there are so many acquired brain injuries. And I think for many people, it brings it home for them. And once there is a face to this larger notion of brain injury, it becomes very personal. And I think that connection is what helps move mountains. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and I know what's happening because of organizations like Jody House. So, you know, kudos to you and, and to your board, right? That's the other thing that I think is really important to, to acknowledge here is that oftentimes in, a, in any organization, we look at maybe, you know, the quote unquote leader, but really, you know, with Jody House, you've got a whole board of people that are helping to shape that vision and, and helping to make, you know, really make things happen. And it was wonderful to meet, to meet that board and to understand more about, you know, your direction and, and how we may be able to help that into the future. So super exciting. And, you know, those individuals, those leaders of our community are all volunteer board members. And so I think that that speaks to how much the cause and the work resonates with them, that they donate their time and their resources to help continue our work and, and really get the message out there in our community. Love it. Love it. So, you know, the, um, People are listening to this. They're saying, holy smoke, she's amazing. What they're doing is really important. You know, for people that want to support you, people that want to learn more, you know, how do people get a hold of you and Jody House? Absolutely. So our website is Jody House, J-O-D-I-H-O-U-S-E dot org. And they can also call and speak with someone directly. Our phone number is one 803 2882. Great. Wonderful. That's great. So, you know, if you're in, you know, California, state of California, if you're, you know, in Southern California and you or a loved one are, are looking for this kind of help, you know, I really do encourage you to reach out. You know, if you are interested in volunteering <laughs> and being a part of an amazing organization that that's really doing important work, you know, again, I encourage you to do that as well. You know, great things are happening here. And, you know, it's all driven with purpose, which is, I think, extremely inspiring. And, um, you know, each, each person, I think, you, you know, you have the opportunity here to, to really be a part of helping people to help themselves. And I say that very purposefully, that, that statement, you know, helping people to help themselves. So it's really enabling people to improve their own lives and improve other people's lives and communities. So, you know, I thank you so much for being on with us today, for investing some of your time with us. I look forward to connecting again in the, in the very, very near future. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Brain Mastery Podcast brought to you by ABI Wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI Wellness. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.